You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Democratic societies, I'm convinced, they must be made to birth a distributively just society where the needs of everyone, and not only an elite few, are collectively met. The alternative is not sustainable. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 412. Our title this week is Injustice is Not Sustainable, and our reading is from the Gospel of Luke. This is Luke 13, 1 through 9. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. So, no other ancient writing describes the incidents that begin our passage this week. And, And quite honestly... We we don't we don't know what the phrases the Galileans or those whom the tower in Siloam fell. Uh, we don't know what those refer to. The, the the message to the audience, though, that is one that is often found in sacred text, and that's the message of repent or perish. But repent of what? And and what about their? What was it about their their present course that was pointing to self destruction? So so while we have no definite proof of what the two examples are in this passage. Some scholars do connect uh, them to to failed Galilean revolts where Roman soldiers, uh, like the first one, uh, where Roman soldiers surprised and slaughtered possibly Galilean insurgents as they made sacrifices and in preparation for their revolt. In this week's story, uh, the religious uh, political elite, uh, they question whether the people that were revolting had been morally upright or whether their sinfulness was to blame for their lack of success. And Jesus says to them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other other Galileans? No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will also perish as they did. And similarly, a few scholars identify that tower in Siloam as a tower where possibly uh, Rome stored weapons and Galilean insurgents might have tried to to dig a tunnel under the tower to seize the weapons for a violent revolt, but the tunneling compromised the the tower's foundation, causing the entire structure.
structure to suddenly collapse and several of these Galileans um, dying as a result. Jesus, again, denies uh, uh, that they are responsible for their own deaths because of their moral value. It says, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you all will perish just as they did. When Jesus calls for repentance in this story, I think it's important to remember, I don't hear the, the moralistic idea of repentance that so many of us are used to today. I hear instead a, a Jewish prophet of the poor calling for social change. The elites would blame the insurgents' uh, failures on their lack of moral uprightness. But Jesus is rather, he's instead, he's pointing to an unjust economic structure that oppresses folks and creates insurgents and, and who, who long to experience the distributive justice that the Hebrew prophets themselves called for. And you can find this in the book of Amos. But Jesus isn't preaching in the vein of the, the Christian fire and brimstone preachers who've cried, repent or perish from the pulpits. He's teaching more like the Hebrew prophets who, who saw the intrinsic connection between an exploitative system and its lack of sustainability. Injustice is not sustainable is the message that we're encountering here. And this is a good time to pause and reflect on how injustice is unsustainable in our day as well. I think of those who long for the days of, of a white, straight, cisgender, male privilege or, or domination in contrast to the multiracial, multicultural, varied, heterogeneous democracy that many are working toward today. This doesn't just apply to our secular societies, though. It applies also to our faith communities, too. Our faith traditions include voices that bemoan a society that they have judged as morally corrupt, and yet they're, they're merely witnessing uh, instead those in society calling for equality and, and, and ways to make our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. I think of those who see the, the end of patriarchy in faith communities as an evil rather than a good, or those who see LGBTQ inclusion and affirmation as a quote-unquote sign of the times rather than as a change where life is overcoming death and love is overcoming fear and bigotry and hate. And again, so many of us, like those in our story, are quick to judge as inferior those who are different than ourselves. But but instead, the, the Jesus story, uh, the Jesus in, in our story this week, it, it would tell, he would tell us that the, 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 this reality, that unless we change and become more just, we will perish. And lastly, this week's passage uses the common metaphor for the condition of Israel society, one that appears in both the Hebrew scriptures and in, in the rabbinic lit literature. You can find it used in examples in Isaiah chapter 5. It's of a healthy, distributively just society being represented by a healthy fig tree that produced fruit for all to enjoy. Fig trees after all, they were an important food source uh, for, for people in the ancient Middle East, uh, but a sickly, desolate, or barren fig tree, was an un it, was a, it was a metaphor for an unhealthy society that benefited only a few th through exploiting the masses. And the fruitful fig tree, it symbolized a blessed society where everyone's needs were being met. Until so one was sick and dying, one was 
was healthy and and and, and the healthy uh, fig tree there's enough for everyone a barren fig tree was cursed and under judgment from the hebrew prophets for trampling the vulnerable in any given society our story this week answers the cry to immediately cut down the fig tree by encouraging the gardener or the owner to keep trying to make it healthy just for even one more year to fertilize it and and see if things turn around before giving up on it. There's a love here for a fig tree seen in the the desire to make it healthy. And I think this has an application to us today too, both in our faith communities and in our larger societies as well. I can't tell you how many times I've scratched my head in wonder at LGBTQ people of faith who keep trying to change their homophobic, transphobic, and biphobic faith communities. I've, I've often asked myself, why don't they just shake the dust from their feet and say good riddance? But, 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 but I, and I, I've wondered if they'd be better off if they did that. But the reality is these faith traditions are their homes. Many have grown up in them and there's a love for these faith traditions rooted in their hearts and they'd rather endure pain from continued effort. This one more year and I'll fertilize it and try to turn things around. They, they would rather endure the pain of the continued effort than, than, than the grief that comes from leaving the barren fig tree of their faith tradition to, to die. I see stories, I see their stories in, 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 in our passage this week. In our larger society as well, so many have said how, uh, how many minorities have been treated within the American dream has really been a nightmare. So, and so many from from nonetheless, so many from minority communities, they genuinely love the principles that the United States is supposed to embody, and they want to see America genuinely live out its highest ideals. They live in hope that their choices to keep at it will help this country one day become that that more perfect union. And recently, my daughter introduced me to the play Indecent by Paula Vogel. Um, my daughter is a, a musical theater major in, in the university she goes to. And she was actually in this production. It's a deeply moving story of the lives of Jewish immigrant actors and how they were mistreated here in America while involved in the beautiful, life-changing Yiddish Broadway play, The God of Vengeance, drama in three acts by Sholem Ash. And the censors, they unjustly shut down the play, accusing it of being indecent. And all the actors were arrested and thrown in jail. But in fact, the play was shut down as a result of anti-Semitism. In the story, um, finally coming to the end of his patience, one of the central characters, Lemel, he bursts out, I'm done, and this is the quote from the, from the production, I'm done being in a country that laughs at the way I speak. They say America is free. What do you know here is free? All over Europe, we did this play with no Cossacks shutting us down. Berlin, Moscow, Odessa, everywhere there is theater. You don't have money for a ticket? Tickets over there cost less than a cup of tea. Then you dress up nice in your best coat, and maybe you stand up in the second gallery, but you can say to your grandchildren, I saw the great uh, Rudolph, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, maybe Schildkraut, in Sholem Ash's God of Vengeance. 
Then finally, in frustration, he cries out, I am leaving this country. The sad end for Lemel is that he leaves America. He returns to his homeland in the midst of the Holocaust, and he ends up dying at the hands of the Nazis. And, and at this spot in the play, as I sat there watching it, I couldn't help but hear the echo uh, of those for whom America has not been a blessing, but a curse. Not a fruitful fig tree, but a barren one. And to all who are working for change, keep digging. Keep fertilizing. Whether you're doing it in secular society or a faith community, keep at it. Perhaps it will ultimately bear fruit for all those who live here. But but my own country uh, for this week is the context and how I hear the message in this week's reading. Uh, d- democratic societies, I'm convinced, they must be made to birth a distributively just society where the needs of everyone, and not only an elite few, are collectively met. The alternative is not sustainable, and, and it ends with that society falling into the rubbish bin of history. Injustice is not sustainable. Heart group application this week. Uh, once again, this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. And number two, how do you see in examples in our present society or in your own faith community of how injustice simply isn't sustainable and discuss that with your group. And then lastly, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us this this week. Uh, Right where you are, remember, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. uh, remember also the folks in in, in Ukraine uh, and uh, and all the others who uh, are suffering the violence of war around the globe. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.